You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. It's game week. The Buffalo Bills will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, and we are going to spend a lot of time this week getting you ready for the game. I love game weeks. I love this season on the podcast. We really go in-depth with the challenges the Bills are facing in the coming week, and um, we get into the weeds. So you have a lot to look forward to if you have not been part of our regular seasons in the past. So make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast and don't miss all of the Bills discussion coming your way as we talk through the 2021 NFL season. Now, today on the podcast, we are going to tie a ribbon on previewing the season. And today I'm going to deliver you my superlatives for the Buffalo Bills this year. Then I'm going to give you my game-by-game predictions for the Bills this year. And then we're going to close out the podcast with my entire NFL season predictions. I've predicted every single game. So I want to tell you the records that I've predicted and who wins each division and what the playoff seedings are. And maybe we'll predict a little bit into the playoffs and those types of things. And then I also have my NFL awards. So my picks for NFL MVP and Defensive Player of the Year and all those awards are coming up at the end of the podcast. So let's do it. Let's start with these superlatives. And I've got seven different superlatives to offer you here today. The first one is breakout guy. Who is my breakout guy for the Buffalo Bills this year? Part of me wants to pick Ed Oliver. I'd love to pick Cody Ford, but I got to stick with my guns here. Dawson Knox, tight end. I've been beating this drum all off season long. There were so many expectations that the Bills would make a significant move at the tight end position, whether that was signing John New Smith or Hunter Henry, trading for Zach Ertz, doing something in the draft. Well, they did nothing. You have Dawson Knox. You have Tommy Sweeney. Those are your Buffalo Bills tight ends. Jacob Hollister didn't make the team. We talked a lot about that last week on the podcast. And so if that doesn't tell you that the Bills are confident in Dawson Knox after Brandon Bean put the position group on blast, I don't know what is. They must believe in this guy. And Dawson Knox finished the year really strong last year. We don't talk enough about just how consistent he became down the stretch last year once he was finally healthy. And the touchdown production was there and the receptions were there. He was a nice little part of this offense. And this is really his first ever full offseason with the team. Right, His first season's a rookie offseason and he's got a hamstring injury early in the uh, training camp. Last year was COVID, the calf injury, the concussion. And this year was his first year to really settle in and have the normal offseason. And he's worked hard. We've heard all about the different things he's done. He went to tight end university. He hired a vision coach. He's done everything he can. Spent time with Josh Allen out in California. Done everything he can to deliver this season. And from a physical traits perspective, Dawson Knox is as gifted as any tight end in the league. 
So I am going to count on him putting it all together this year and being a really solid tight end for the team that makes some really dynamic plays. Not going to sit here and tell you he's going to catch 80 passes, but I think he'll catch 50 or 60 passes, challenge for six, 700 yards, have six, seven, eight touchdowns, something like that, and the drops will really come down. The team has been very complimentary of Dawson Knox, saying he's worked hard, he's grown, and this job is his. Whether you like it or not, it's his. And so I expect him to deliver. He's my breakout guy. Next up is Comeback Kid. This one was pretty easy because there's not a whole lot of players on the team that are really coming back, right? Cody Ford kind of fits this description, but the one that is the most obvious is defensive tackle Star Latulale. Opted out of last year, is expected to come in, be the starting one technique, and be a major part of this defense. Play around 50% of the snaps, solidify the run defense, occupy blocks, keep Tremaine Edmonds clean, all of that stuff. Hopefully we can feel his presence back in the lineup by the way Tremaine Edmonds plays and by the struggles that other teams have running the football against the Bills. So comeback kid is Star Latulale. My next one is Rising Star. And I'll tell you what, didn't expect to write this name down, but... I'm really encouraged after watching him play this preseason, and that's wide receiver Gabriel Davis. I think when you consider where he was drafted and how quickly he claimed a role for the offense and the amount of plays that he did make last year, and you think about him having a full offseason, more time on task with Josh Allen, another year in the system, I think he's going to have an even bigger year. And I didn't originally think that would happen because of Emmanuel Sanders. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a good year. He might even have a better year than Gabriel Davis. But I think that Davis is going to do things this year that make us feel really good about him being a top three option for the team next year. And when you're talking about a top three option in this Buffalo offense, You're talking about near 100 targets. I think that could happen in 2022. So I think the consistency is going to start to show up more this year. I think we've already seen growth as a route runner. I think we've already seen growth at the catch point. And I'm looking for that to happen all season long. And for Gabriel Davis to really claim a role in this offense. And the comments that Sean McDermott made about Gabe Davis last week really weigh heavily on me, where he was talking about how solid he is as a person and praised his habits and his work ethic and what he puts into this to be the player that he's become. I'm buying in on Gabriel Davis a lot more than I was three months ago. The next superlative is don't forget about. And what I don't want you to forget about as we enter this season is the safety tandem of Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. It's a special pair of safeties. We've enjoyed this pair since 2017, and they have been terrific. It's an elite combination. They complement each other perfectly. They're prepared. They know where to be. They take away the football. They tackle. They're versatile. They're interchangeable. They are so critical for this defense, 
Yes, they're aging, they're veterans, but there has been no indication whatsoever that these guys are slowing down. And I just don't want to take for granted how good this group is and how much they matter to this team. I think it's easy to just be comfortable and say, oh yeah, the Bills have Hyde and Poyer at safety. They're really good. No, no, no. They're awesome. They're elite as a tandem. And it's rare to have them together for this long and projecting them for at least a couple more seasons playing together in this defense. The communication, the playing off of each other, everything that they do is so important, and it's at such a high level. Do not take this pair of safeties for granted because it is a special duo. The next one is needs to rebound. And here I have the run game. And I think that the Bills need to have a bounce-back performance from the rushing offense this year. I'm not calling for more run plays. I'm just calling for more consistently effective run plays. And I think it started to happen last year. We don't talk enough about this. How when the Bills offense hit its stride weeks 8 through 16 last year, Devin Singletary averaged over 5 yards a carry over that stretch. Zach Moss was nearly at 4.8 yards per carry over that stretch once he got healthy, right? Started his rookie year with turf toe and obviously a non-normal offseason where he doesn't really get a chance to dive into the playbook with his teammates and have a typical onboarding process. Meanwhile, the interior of the offensive line was unsettled for half the season. I think we saw the run game progress last year. I don't think we give that any credit. And when you combine that with a stable offensive line where you really feel good about all of your options, where you've had Brian Dable in the lab all offseason long, figuring out schematically what he wants this run game to be, the Bills should be able to run the football more consistently and more effectively this year. And so when I say needs to rebound, I'm both predicting that it does but also calling it out as something that needs to happen for the Bills to be able to close out games with more consistency and be able to adapt to different styles of play that they might have to throughout the course of the season. The Dark Horse MVP is up next. And here I have interior pass rush. And I'm not saying anyone in particular, but as a group, the interior pass rush is going to matter a lot. Ed Oliver, Justin Zimmer, Vernon Butler, Harrison Phillips, those guys have to be able to compromise the depth of the pocket. That way, the Bills can maximize the pressure we expect coming off the edge. Right, All these really good edge rushers with Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and the young guys and A.J. Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, Carlos Basham, F.A. Obata, all these players, those edge guys are going to be at their best when that quarterback has nowhere to go, can't step forward, can't climb the pocket, keep them bottled up, be able to unhinge from your block and finish. A big part of that's going to be the interior pass rush. So the Dark Horse MVP, to me, this year, is how effectively the Bills get pressure in the face of the quarterback 
that forces them to be uncomfortable, that allows that edge pressure to come in and collapse and compress that pocket and force those quarterbacks to make decisions they don't want to, to throw the ball sooner than they want to, and for the Bills to be disruptive, not just sacking the quarterback and making them uncomfortable, but getting their hands up in these passing lanes and knocking down footballs at the line of scrimmage. I think a pivot point of this season, a critical piece of it, something that can tip the scales, is how effective they are getting interior pressure on the quarterback. The last superlative that I have for you today is under the radar. And I think something that's under the radar with this football team as we consider it entering the 2021 season is the continuity that exists in the defensive back seven. I'm talking Milano, Edmonds, Taron Johnson, Levi Wallace, Trey White, the safety tandem of Poyer and Hyde. Those guys have been together, all of them, since 2018, and some of them since 2017. That is unprecedented continuity. And when you're talking about zone coverage and coverage spacing and squeezing routes and layering coverage, the communication should be exceptional. The understanding of each other should be exceptional. Understanding what everyone else is understanding and seeing and how they're going to respond and what you're going to do when you're when you're faced with different receivers and skill sets and route combinations. I mean, these guys should really be on point. All these same guys playing together in the same system with the same coaching. Like, they're talented players. They're good football players. But the fact that they've been together for so long and they enter another season together really should make for a sound back end of coverage for the Bills' defense. Now you add some pass rush to that, Goodness gracious, this Bills defense could really be good in 2021. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Points, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant and reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash Locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th, so start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. Game on. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. 
And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, next up, it's time for me to deliver my game by game predictions for the Buffalo Bills in 2021. And this is the first time I've done this. I have not done this at any point this offseason on the podcast. I've not told anybody what my prediction is for the Buffalo Bills this year. And so here it is. You're going to get it for the first time right now. In week one, the Bills host the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I have this down for a win. The Steelers are a respectable opponent, but I think they have major holes on the offensive line. They have issues in the secondary, and I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger to maximize the receiving talent that they have. So 1-0 for the Bills to start the season. Week two, the Buffalo Bills travel to the Miami Dolphins. It will be hot. But the Buffalo Bills proved last year in week two that they can go down to Miami when it's hot and win a football game. And so I have the Bills beating Miami in week two. And Josh Allen has had a lot of success against Miami. And it's up to them to prove that they can stop them. And so far, they have not proven that. Week three, the Bills come back home. They host the Washington football team. And Washington's a team that I'm in on this year. I think they're going to be really good. I love their defense, and they got some really nice young skill players. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Ryan Fitzpatrick now at quarterback. I'm in on Washington. However, I'm not in on them going to Buffalo and winning in week three. So I have the Bills starting the season 3-0. and If this game was in Washington, I might feel a little bit differently about the outcome, but I think this is a good one for the Bills to play at home. Week four, the Bills host the Houston Texans. My wife and I are very much looking forward to being in attendance for this game and hopefully meeting a lot of you. I think the Bills beat the Texans in week four. I think Houston's the worst team in football. They will struggle to find a win this year. So the Bills are now 4-0. They travel to the Kansas City Chiefs for Sunday night football in week five. And just like I said about the Miami Dolphins having to prove they can slow down Josh Allen and beat the Bills before I'm willing to predict them to do it. That's the way I feel about the Bills and the Chiefs. So this is where I have the Bills' first loss of the season coming, and they drop to 4-1. and one. The following week, they travel to the Tennessee Titans for Monday Night Football in Week 6, and I do have them bouncing back and beating Tennessee, entering the bye week with a 5-1 and one record. And I'll just comment a little bit here on this Tennessee matchup. That team has a lot of questions to answer when it comes to their defense, when it comes to their right tackle situation, and when it comes to their weapons outside of Brown, Jones, and Henry. And I know that's a really good top three, but I'm not sure what they have in terms of a tight end at this point, and I'm not sure what they have in terms of depth at wide receiver. I think Tannehill's a good player. He's a good quarterback, but... It's not like he has this embarrassment of weapons. Now, the ones he does have are really, really, really good. 
But if I was Tennessee, I would wish that I had a little bit more to offer, especially when you consider that defensively, I expect them to be a bottom half of the league type team. So coming out of the bye in week eight, the Bills host the Miami Dolphins. I have that down for a win and the Bills improving to six and one. They next go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game that I think the Bills will win and improve to seven and one. I like a lot of what Jacksonville has. I just don't think that they're ready to hang with teams like Buffalo in year one under Urban Meyer and in Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. In week 10, it's the Bills' first date with the Jets in New Jersey on the road, and I have the Bills winning this football game as well. So they now improve to 8-1, and one. and I think the Jets are still a couple of years away from making noise, but they certainly should feel good about what they have in this rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. So 8-1 and one through the first 10 weeks of the season. Week 11, the Bills come back home. They host the Indianapolis Colts. I have that down for a win as well. And the thing about Indianapolis, they're a reasonable football team, but I don't think they're that dynamic when it comes to weapons in the passing game. I don't trust Carson Wentz. I don't trust what they have at left tackle. And at corner, I don't love what they have there as well. And they need more edge rush. So there are just holes on that Colts football team. So I have the Bills handling their business and beating the Indianapolis Colts and improving to 9-1. and one. Next up, the Bills travel to the New Orleans Saints for a date on Thanksgiving. Have this down for a win as well. And it's not that I don't respect the New Orleans Saints. I'm not super high on them, but that team lacks depth. They've been in salary cap hell. The turnover-prone Jameis Winston is their starting quarterback. Their secondary lacks depth. They have questions on the defensive line. I just don't trust that football team this year, given its lack of depth, holes, and not having top-tier quarterback play anymore. So the Bills go to New Orleans on Thanksgiving and win that football game. So 10-1, and one, entering week 13, where they host the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. Mac Jones, first crack at going up against the Buffalo Bills and a Sean McDermott defense. Have this down for a Bills win. I think the Patriots are a better football team this year than they were last year. The talent has improved, but Mac Jones isn't going to Buffalo in primetime and knocking off the Buffalo Bills. So I have a win there in week 13. Now the big week 14 date with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. And I do think that the Buffalo Bills are very capable of beating Tampa Bay. However, a road game, Tom Brady, really good defense, really good coaching. Tampa presents a lot of problems. And so I think this is where the next loss of the season comes. So 11-2 after the Tampa Bay game, and the Bills next play host to the Carolina Panthers on a game that could be played on Saturday or Sunday. I don't think it makes a difference. The Bills are going to take care of business against Carolina at home and improve to 12-2. and two. The Bills next go to the New England Patriots, and I do have the Bills dropping this game. And a big reason why is because I'm not going to predict the Bills to go 6-0 and in the division for a consecutive season. They're certainly capable of doing that, but I'm just not going to predict it to happen. That's very rare. That's very unlikely. And we're talking about a Patriots team that has 
terrific coaching and improved talent, and this will be Mac Jones's second game against the Bills. And this is one that I think they can handle. Then the Bills close out the season with a couple of home games against the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets. I have the Bills winning both of those games and finishing the regular season at 14-3. and And so that's a good year. That's a good year. I know some of you are probably thinking, ah, oh, man, losing to the Chiefs and the Buccaneers again. Well, look, I mean, those teams were in the Super Bowl last year. They're the only two teams in the NFL that went further than the Bills did last year. The Bills can beat both of them. I wish one of them was at home. I'm here to tell you that if either of those games was at home, I would have picked the Bills to win. But on the road, those are tough contests. Those are tough places to go play and win a football game. And so 14-3 and is an outstanding regular season. And in the next segment, I'll tell you where that slots in the AFC. Like I said, I predicted every single game in the NFL. I have records for every single team. I have division winners, wild card teams, playoff standings, all of that coming your way in just a moment. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, coconut, and cherry. And look, maybe you don't know where to start and you want to try them all. You can do that with a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's close out the podcast with my overall predictions for the entire NFL and my awards for the season. So, overall in the AFC, in the North, I have the Ravens winning the division at 13-4. and I have the Browns making the playoffs at 12-5. and Pittsburgh Steelers 8-9. and Cincinnati Bengals 4-13. and Neither of them make the playoffs. In the AFC South, the division champions are the Tennessee Titans at 11-6. and I have the Indianapolis Colts second at 9 and 8 that does not get them to the playoffs. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 5 and 12 and the hapless Houston Texans 1 and 16 last place. In the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills win the division 14 and 3. New England Patriots come in at second at 11 and 6 that does get them 
the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs. I have the Miami Dolphins finishing at 10-7, and and unfortunately, that does not get them to the playoffs. So back-to-back 10-win seasons for Miami, neither resulting in a postseason appearance. And finishing last in the AFC East, the New York Jets, who come in with a 4-13 and record, and that would make it six of the last eight years that the New York Jets finished last in the AFC East. As far as the AFC West, they have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the division at 15-2. The Chargers at second, they're 10-7. That gets them to the playoffs as the seventh seed, and they wind up winning the tiebreaker over the Dolphins, who are the eighth seed. The third-place team in the AFC West is the Denver Broncos at 9-8. If they had a real quarterback, I think that's an absolute AFC contender, but they have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and that's not good enough. And last place in the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders at 6-11. and 11. So for the AFC playoffs, your one seed is the Kansas City Chiefs at 15-2. and two. The Bills are the two seed at 14-3. and three. The Ravens are the three seed at 13-4. and four. The four seed, the Titans at 11-6. and six. The Browns, the five at 12-5. and five. The six, the Patriots at 11-6. and six. And the seventh seed is the Los Angeles Chargers at 10-7. and seven. On the NFC side of things, in the NFC North, have the Packers winning the division at 12 and 5, Vikings in second at 7 and 10, the Bears in third at 6 and 11, and the Detroit Lions finishing last at 3 and 14. In the South, Tampa Bay winning the division at 14 and 3. Second place, the Saints at 7 and 10. Third place, the Panthers at 7 and 10, and the Falcons in last at 3 and 14. I'm not in on Atlanta. I think their defensive talent is really really underwhelming in you know, they just don't have that many options offensively. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a rookie. Calvin Ridley's a really good player, but they need more. In the NFC East, Washington football team winning the division at 11-6. and six. The Dallas Cowboys coming in in second with an 8-9 and nine record. The Eagles finished third at 6-11. and 11. And then the, uh, the New York Giants finishing last in that division at 5-12. and 12. Then we move to the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks win the division at 12-5. The Rams finish second at 12-5. The 49ers finish third at 10-7. And And then last place, the Arizona Cardinals at 7-10. I cannot get behind that Cardinals football team. So the NFC playoff teams, the one seed, the Buccaneers at 14-3. The two seed, the Packers at 12-5. The three seed, the Seahawks at 12-5. The four seed, the Washington football team at 11 and 6. The five seed is the Los Angeles Rams at 12 and 5. The six seed is the 49ers at 10 and 7. And then the seven seed is the Dallas Cowboys with an 8 and 9 record. So we have a 10 win team missing the playoffs in the AFC and an 8 and 9 team sneaking in in the NFC. Now, as far as playoff predictions, on the AFC side of things, in the wild card round, have the Browns beating the Titans, the Ravens beating the Patriots, and the Bills beating the Chargers in the first round of the AFC playoffs. On the NFC side of things, have the Rams beating the Washington football team, the Seahawks beating the 49ers, and the Packers beating the Cowboys. The divisional round. Ravens play the Bills. I have the Bills winning. The Browns play the Chiefs, and I have the Chiefs winning. So that makes your AFC championship game 
the Chiefs, and the Bills. On the NFC side of things, I have the Packers beating the Seahawks, and then I have the Rams beating the Buccaneers. So your NFC Championship game is the Packers and Rams. So for the AFC Championship game, it's Bills against Chiefs in Kansas City. This time around, I have the Bills winning. And the Bills will have had enough opportunities against Kansas City to come up with the right game plan. And we're talking about a Bills team that has absolutely developed year after year. The continuity, Brian Dable being back, the young talent emerging, the veterans, everything is there. And I don't think that the Bills fail again on that stage. So had the Bills winning the AFC, and man, it feels good to do that because it's not a hot take. It's not weird that I'm predicting the Bills to win the AFC. People across the country are doing that. It's a very common thing to do. So that's fun. On the NFC side of things, I have the Rams going to the Packers. Packers win. Packers win. I just don't think that the Rams are deep enough as a football team. And Green Bay at home late in the season, that's going to be a tough assignment for Los Angeles. So that brings us to the Super Bowl. Packers, Bills. Now I'm going to stop short of predicting the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to predict this game. I can see the Bills winning it. There's a lot of reasons why I think Buffalo could beat Green Bay. The Packers have a really good roster. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Elgin Jenkins, David Bakhtiari. They have some real studs. They're also probably going to be starting two rookies on that offensive line. And I think the depth of their playmakers is a bit missing. They don't have a dynamic tight end. They don't have a receiving threat that really scares you beyond Devontae Adams. Defensively, the team's really good up front. Kenny Clark, a couple of really good pass rushers in Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary emerged last year. I'm underwhelmed with their linebackers, but their secondary looks really good. Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. These guys are studs. Eric Eric Stokes, their first-round pick. They got dudes on the back end. They're a really good football team. I wouldn't predict them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC if I didn't think that. So like I said, I'm going to stop short of predicting this game. But there's plenty of reason to believe that the Buffalo Bills can knock off the Green Bay Packers or whatever team they were to face from the NFC. Now, let me clear something up really quick here. I didn't just pick the Bills to pick the Bills. It's really hard to go to the Super Bowl for a third consecutive year. That doesn't happen very often. And that makes it unlikely that the Chiefs are going to repeat in the AFC. And so who are you going to put in there? Baltimore? Do you trust that passing game? Cleveland? I don't think they have enough on the defensive line, and I'm not sure that Baker Mayfield's that much of a difference maker at quarterback that's going to catapult Cleveland ahead of Buffalo. So who else? Tennessee? I just talked about how they have holes all over that defense and at right tackle. So it's Buffalo, who is not just a warranted prediction, but there's a lot of logic that goes into it. So I have the Bills winning the AFC and playing the Packers in the Super Bowl. Now for the rest of the awards, I'll work through this very quickly. NFL MVP, Josh Allen. I mean, if the Bills are going to go where I think they can this year, it's going to be due in large to another great season from Josh Allen. And the other options that are high up in terms of the odds, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Well, Pat Mahomes, I mean, he's phenomenal, but 
That's a brand new offensive line. And outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, what do they have in terms of weapons? I think that's a a worthwhile question to ask. Tom Brady, that team's going to run the ball a little bit. And then it's going to take away from his production. He's not going to have the rushing statistics. Matthew Stafford's high up on the list, and I think he's going to have an awesome year. But we know that L.A. wants to run the football, which will take away from his numbers. And he's not the runner that Josh Allen is. And then you have Aaron Rodgers. And he's a worthy contender as well, but I'm going in on Josh Allen as the NFL MVP. The defensive player of the year, I have it as Aaron Donald. Last year, we learned that Aaron Donald doesn't even have to have his best season to win defensive player of the year. So as long as he's healthy and puts up you know reasonable numbers, I think the NFL is going to vote on him every year to be the defensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year, I have it as Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers. I am just thinking that with him being in a contract year, with Aaron Rodgers kind of being in his last season in Green Bay, they're going to throw the football to Devontae Adams a ton. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This guy's looked awesome in preseason. He's going to have a ton of tackles. He's athletic. He's going to have splash plays. I think he's the easy choice there. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Zach Wilson from the New York Jets. I think one of the five first-round quarterbacks comes away with this. Zach Wilson, your week one starter. I think the Jets are going to be playing from behind a ton, and he's going to have big-time numbers. My Coach of the Year pick is Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers. We've seen several coaches in their first season with their new team win this award, and I think this is a really good opportunity for him to step into some nice pieces on that defense for him to really maximize Justin Herbert, a stud young quarterback, and that offensive line's been rebuilt. I think they're going to have a good year. And um, the other coaches, right, like Sean McDermott or Harbaugh or Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, everybody expects those teams to be good, right? Like, okay, you did exactly what we thought you would do. And I don't think that gets you coach of the year. You have to perform at a level higher than what the expectations are. And I think the opportunity is ripe for Brandon Staley to get it. Comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys. So there you have it. My predictions, my superlatives, my game-by-game picks for the Buffalo Bills in 2021. The only thing that's left to do is play the season. And uh, we're going to start really turning our attention towards week one, the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything happening in the NFL throughout the course of the week. But tomorrow is herd mentality. So make sure you get your questions in. I'm going to be recording Herd Mentality every single Monday at about 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want your question to be included, please send it in prior to then. You know, Just with the way that my week goes and having to get things taken care of and check boxes and produce everything I'm supposed to produce, I need to do Herd Mentality 1 p.m. Eastern time every Monday. So keep that in mind as we work through the season. Um, if you have questions, send them in and, and send them in early so that way they can be included because I've got to have a cutoff at some point and I got to get to work and get everything taken care of so that way I can be consistent with delivering this podcast to you in a timely manner every single day. And then Wednesday, our comprehensive primer on the Steelers. Thursday will be crossover Thursday. We're going to talk to Christopher Carter of Lockdown Steelers and really dig into this matchup. Friday will be leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged up bills about the injuries, talk about NFL draft prospects to watch, And, of course, my predictions for the game, where I won't just predict the winner of the game, but also things that will happen during the game. It's always a lot of fun 
when we uh, get to that segment on our Friday podcast. So a lot to look forward to. Make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.